Welcome to the Your Virtual Upline Podcast. Hi, my name is Bob Heilig, Your Virtual Upline. This is the podcast for home business entrepreneurs that want to stop living small and start earning big and make this their breakthrough year. Join me each week to follow my journey as a full-time entrepreneur and network marketing professional into the worlds of personal branding and online marketing and learn how you can increase your income without sacrificing your lifestyle. Thanks for spending some time with me today. I'm glad you're here. It's time for you to start creating a life that you deserve. So let's begin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 17 of the Your Virtual Upline podcast. This is Bob Heilig, Your Virtual Upline. So I've got an extra, extra, extra special episode prepared for you today. Uh, We go a little bit longer than normal, but I have no doubt that you'll be eating up every little bit of value from this episode. I have an interview that I did with the one and only Mr. Simon Chan of MLM Nation. Simon has a background in the network marketing industry. He'll share with you his story in the interview, so I don't want to steal his thunder. But he has a very successful background as an MLM distributor. Even now today, uh, years after he's ever even worked his MLM business, is still earning a six-figure residual income. Just goes to show you the power of our industry. But made a decision years ago to stop branding his company And start to brand himself. And, you know, we've talked about that here on the podcast a lot about the power of building your personal brand. And Simon started to do that. He launched his own training blog and uh, had a lot of success with that, became known as one of the most respected generic network marketing industry, industry trainers. I have a lot of respect for him because he's not somebody that just teaches people because he does have an actual background as a successful rep. And then about a year ago, made a decision that he saw a need in the marketplace and decided to start a podcast. Now, he didn't know the first thing about doing it, didn't know how to start it, uh, had never done anything like that before, but started the MLM Nation podcast and literally in a little bit less than one year has taken that podcast to be the number one network marketing podcast in the world. Ranks at the top of iTunes in the business category. Uh, He is just crushing it on every level. So I wanted to bring him here to my Your Virtual Upline community. I wanted you to get a chance to hear his story. And uh, I'm excited too because he actually did an interview with me then uh, I'll be featured on MLM Nation in January, early January. So just wanted to have him return the favor and share his story with you. And you guys are going to really, like I said, you're going to get so much value out of that episode, out of this episode. If we haven't connected yet before I play the episode, make sure just text your virtual upline. That's all one word, your virtual upline. Text that to the number 44222. And you can subscribe to my mailing list so that anytime I put out a podcast, a new training video, uh, you'll be notified right away. So let me get right into it. The one and only from MLM Nation, Mr. Simon Chan. All right. Well, I am here with the one and only Mr. Simon Chan. Simon, welcome, man. 
Thank you. Thank you for having me here, Bob. I'm excited to be here. It's an honor. Absolutely. Hey, man, it, it's the least I could do. You, you did me the pleasure of having me a guest, be a guest on your podcast, and the least I could do is have you join mine. And, you know, I think my listeners I know are going to get a ton out of this interview just based off of the things that I know you've done in your career and, and the value that you're going to bring to them. So I want to, why don't we just start off with the, with, kind of the basic stuff here for the benefit of anybody that is listening that doesn't know who you are and and your background maybe they haven't had a chance to listen to your podcast yet why don't you just kind of maybe share a little bit about yourself how were you first introduced to to network marketing and maybe tell us a little bit about your journey sure well first of all I was born and raised in the Brooklyn New York and so that's an I guess I would say an excuse for me to talk fast <laughs> and uh, I'm allowed and proud to be in network marketing, so I'm going to talk even faster sometimes. So sometimes you may, you may have to play the you know when the podcast the half speed to really <laughs> listen to what I say. But okay. it's hard to hold back my excitement. Um, just to share my background, my parents were like immigrants from Hong Kong. They came with very very little money. My mom and dad tiny 400 square foot studio they lived in, and then uh, I was born. So I'm an American. They talk, they say ABC American born Chinese, and. Uh, but, you know, I was lucky. Growing up, my father became, he got the, he was going for the American dream. He kind of achieved it. You know, he, from a doctor of no money, right out of, right out of residence, came here for residency and then had a successful practice. We lived in a big house. You know, when I always share when I, when I say I grew up in Brooklyn, people think I live in the hood, but I actually lived in Bay Ridge, a really nice part of Brooklyn where, you know, my dad had three Mercedes. I never had a, needed a job. I never always got allowance money, got all my toys. Uh, college, everything was paid for. So I was grew up I kind of with silver spoon, but I was still not happy because when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was I was a huge Yankee fan, was to play baseball with my dad. And my dad would play baseball. And then one day around like 10 years old, it stopped because my dad was so busy. At the, and he had a very successful private practice. Then he had to go to clinic. Uh, even on the weekends, he would go to like uh, Connie Island he had to, see, to go to his nursing home. So that's where his nursing home, you know, the, old, the people he had surgery on that were older, they'll, go to, they'll end up in the nursing home. So you go to check on them. So, and, and so I was like, money's not everything, right? Because as a 10-year-old kid, I wanted to go to Yankee Stadium. I wanted to play baseball with my father, but I didn't, I didn't know the difference between a Mercedes or Ford or Toyota or Honda. I just wanted to play baseball. So I always remember that. And I was like, growing up, that was one of the reasons I wasn't that close to my dad. I was much closer to my mom because my mom was like a stay-at-home mom taking care of us. And I was like, when I get older, I know money's important, but it's not everything. I want to spend time with my kids. So years later, flashback, you know, I got a dream job working for the NBA, the National Basketball Association. I was a huge basketball fanatic. And then, um, I just worked hard. I was in the right place at the right time. Became good friends with the first Chinese player to make it to the NBA. He, he was like a, kind of like a journeyman. His name was Wang Jiji. He asked me to leave the NBA to work for him. So that's uh, he played for the Clippers. I became a uh, certified NBA agent for a short time. Uh, we moved on to Clippers. We signed up with a bigger a sports agency. And uh, I became a like, PR translator, right? PR translator, assistant. And through that, I realized I was making money for the NBA, making money for these players, but nothing for myself, right? And I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that was the book that really opened my eyes up because I found that I was going down the same path as my father. Uh, because, by the way, when you work for the NBA, you don't make any money in sports because all the, you don't need, like, for example, the NBA to fill a position because it's such a powerful name. It's the same thing for NFL or NHL or MLB, right? Because how many sports fans would love to work for the basketball? Like, I'll tell you, I've been to over 200 NBA games courtside. Okay, and I have to take it to prove it. And the 
uh, actually, they're not even tickets, they're badges, like courtside passes. I've, you know, sometimes people, you hear concerts, people get like a green backstage pass. I have over 200 of those backstage passes, okay? I'll tell you what, you can't pay your rent with those backstage passes. You can't pay your bills with them. <laughs> so afterwards, and I was partying with places, that was fun. But then I was like, okay, this is getting old. I need to do something serious in my life. And I found out, I had a serious girlfriend at that time, and I never t- had time for her. I was like, you know what? I'm living the same life as my father, but worse. At least my father had money. But he had no time for his kids. But I said I was never going to end up like my father. I'm going down the same path, but worse. I don't have time for my girlfriend. And I also don't have any money. I'm living in a tiny apartment in the, on, on Bundy, South Bundy Street in Los Angeles at that time. And went near Santa Monica. So I was looking for a change. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. Realized I needed to start a business. And then from Rich Dad Poor Dad, I rushed cash flow quadrant. I thought about doing a franchise. I thought about doing a Subway franchise. But... To get started was like over a like quarter million between all the employees. Every we add up all the franchise fees, everything. I was like, I don't have the money for that. Uh, I couldn't do real estate, you know. And then what else could I do? And then that's how I found out about network marketing through reading Cash Flow Quadrant from Robert Kiyosaki's book. So from there, I was like, all right, network marketing. I never heard about network marketing, by the way, Bob. I thought it was marketing computer networks. Okay, mm-hmm. this was back, yeah, you know, uh, 2000, 2003. I thought it was like I thought it was a Cisco thing or internet thing, but Turned out, like, Robert Allen also recommended network marketing. Keith Harvecker. So I read these personal finance books because I was tired of being broke. Everyone recommended it. But believe it or not, I was still skeptical. I was like, you got to be kidding me. You invest a couple hundred dollars, you can make a six-figure income. Like, to, to make a six-figure residual income in real estate, I have to buy, like, million-dollar properties for a couple hundred dollars. This is such a big scam. So I was super skeptical. But what I did was, I was like, hey, before I rule out, let me do some research. So I read all the books. I started from... Ground zero, okay, I'm not saying I'm a dummy, but I read Network Marketing for Dummies. I read all the Network Marketing books, Wave 3 Network Marketing, Wave 4 Network Marketing, Your First Year Network Marketing by Mark Yonell, which I highly recommend. And after all those books, all right, I got it. This business is legit. As long as you choose a good company that's not going to go out of business and don't quit, you'll make it. So believe it or not, I randomly researched, I found a company. No one recruited me. I actually found a company I was going to join on Google, typing the company's name in Los Angeles, found a guy's website. I called him. Hey, uh, his name was Dave. Hey, Dave, uh, my name is Simon Chan. Actually, I, I left a voicemail. I want to join. Sign, please call me back to sign me up. And that's how it started. I started on November 14th, 2003. Wow. So you and, literally called him asking him to recruit you. Yeah, I called <laughs> him to recruit. And the sad thing is, I mean, how many of you would love to have someone call you out of the blue? <laughs> yeah. right? And by the way, he took over 24 hours to call me back. Wow. I was like, wait, is this company even good? Because, again, I was very skeptical, right? Like, how come, like, I thought you were supposed to sign people up. But you call right away. So, anyway, he called me and he signed up. Here's the first lesson to all your listeners. You know, this company is like a binary, right? So, one leg, uh, you have to balance the both legs. So, this guy, let's call him Lucky Dave, okay? Lucky Dave. And by the way, his real name is Dave. I'm sure he's not listening to the show because you, you, you understand why he won't be listening. But to <laughs> Lucky Dave, on one leg... Okay, one leg, he had like 80 people in Japan. The other leg, he had like 10, 15 people. And of course, you have to balance the legs. He puts me on the weak leg. So goes on after a couple, you know, two. He was a really, really nice guy, but not the leader type. Okay, not the guy who's going to be leading by example, sponsoring, leading calls, always out there in the business. You can see he's distracted. But every time I needed help, I would call him. He'd be a really nice guy, but he would never call me. So anyway, um, two, first two months in business, I made zero money because I, I had no consistency, nothing. Anyway, one day Dave calls me and says that, uh, you know, he's leaving the company. 
to go to another company with better, um, better pay plan, just as good as products. Anyway, he did very unethical things, tried to raid his downline, got terminated, by the, terminated from the company. You know, right after he got terminated, a month later, and I was struggling. I was struggling. I made like zero, zero money. It took me 42 people to get my first sign up. Okay, so just tells you, persistence pays off. Right after he quit, one month later, I got my first weekly $1,000 check. Okay, and then if he stayed in the business today, that business ended up, his Japan team grew out to 200-something people. The other leg, I just my organization, even though I'm not active, so I just want to make a disclaimer. I don't actively build, sponsor, talk to any downloads, nothing at all. But my company still pays me a six-figure residual for doing nothing. I, I do, let's say, 10 minutes a month. 10 minutes a month to make sure my ownership processes and my checks get deposited. Okay, I just want to make that's the 10 months of minutes I do for six-figure income. I created over 70,000 distributors, active distributors on one leg. This guy, Lucky Dave, even though he didn't do anything, he'll be earning like 80,000 a year doing nothing. Wow. But he gave it away because the, the diamond, like you know, talk about acres of diamonds, the acre of diamonds in his backyard, but he went chasing other things. The sad, sad thing is, and why he wouldn't be listening to the show, because he wasn't into self development, he has the lucky mindset. A year later, I mean, this is maybe when I was, I wasn't even that successful. I was earning maybe 30, 40,000 a year at the time. He was still in keep in touch with me, right? And I asked him, well, well how's that company doing? It's, oh, you know, Simon, it's actually a better thing. Now there's the other company where you don't need to do any work. You make $5,000 a day. And, and I was like, oh, my goodness, a loser is a loser. When are you going to grow up and learn? So <laughs> I'm telling you, he was really set up. And I think the lesson is you never know. You don't have a magic crystal ball, right? A lot of the top leaders that I got into my business, I, I mean, I'll share, I was an instant success. In my first two years, uh, by the two, year two and a half, I was earning a full-time income. The more you grow by listening to the show, right? Listen to Bob's training. The more you grow, you attract better and better people. And my like million dollar earners who have earned over a million in the business cumulative all came in after like year five for me in the business. Because wow. as I grew, I was attracting better and better people, right? And those one of those people, who cares if like a thousand people quit? One of those person was able to help more people and replace all that. And so you never know. That's why you can never quit because you never have the magic crystal ball. Like you can't look in the future. Oh, a year from now, I'm going to get this person. I never knew. Like, Bob, just in the Philippines alone, someone told me like 95% of my company's volume comes from my downline in the Philippines. Like I never, ever would have expected in 2003, I have a business in the Philippines, right? If anything, I thought I was going to be in China, Taiwan, never in the Philippines. So you never know who you're going to meet or who your downline, downline, downline has to contact. That's why you can never, never quit. Wow. So let, let me ask you this. So it sounds to me like you, you know, you, you didn't have, you weren't an overnight success. It sounds like your first couple years in the industry were really kind of learning years for you, where you were just kind of feeling your way out. And w- am I correct in assuming that you didn't just get right in and crush it right away? Yeah, well, I'll add a little to that. Okay, my first two months was nothing. I mean, I put in two thousand dollars right out all the ships. I was down two thousand, and here was the turning point. I was visiting, I uh, see, we all like to be our own boss, but we don't like to be our own employee, right? So your boss, if you have a meeting with your boss at 10 a.m., what are you going to do? Are you going to be late? No, you're going to show up, right? If your boss calls five meetings of the day, are you going to show up? Yeah, you're going to show up. For, uh, you may not want to show up, but you still show up, right? The problem with us is like, we want to be our own boss, but we are our worst employee. Like, we will show up. Think about it, This is a sad thing. Like at your job, if you're listening to your job, your boss calls a meeting at 10 a.m. or even maybe 7 a.m. conference call, you're going to show up. But how often do we see distributors who don't show up for their own success? 
They don't say, oh, I'm supposed to prospect today. Oh, maybe not. Or they give us lame excuses not to do it. And that's why I said the number one tip for you in terms of time management and just getting yourself to success is schedule a consistent time every day to prospect, right? Consistent. It doesn't matter. It could be 15 minutes during your lunch break or 15 minutes during your 2 p.m. coffee break or like 30 minutes at 8 p.m. at night, but it has to be in your calendar. Whether you're using Google Calendar, Apple Calendar, whatever your old school calendar, schedule it in there and have integrity to that calendar. I mean, like you, you don't play hooky, don't show up for your boss. So when that is in your calendar, you have to show up and make those calls because I didn't have that. So my first two months, I talked to maybe 10 people, right? 10 people. And the mistake I made, Bob, was I was trying to go for the big whale, like the big fish. Oh, like, uh, I'm going to get the, my NBA team in there. And then all of a sudden, 15 people using the 15 players using the product, the coaches. Oh, ching, ching. Like, I don't need to do any work. One, one team can give me a six-figure income, right? Or I get a one or two doctors and I never have to work again. Because doctors because I was doing supplements, right? So one or two doctors go to the supplements. That was the mistake because these doctors, these NBA trainers, what these basketball trainers, teams, they require so many meetings. You know, this business is built on what I call quote-unquote average person who's hungry for success. On the outside, you can't tell what their desire is, right? But inside, they have a hunger and desire. So getting back to my story, you know, first two months, I didn't make any money. I, was, I talked to like 10 people in the first two months. The only thing that saved me, Bob, was I would listen to training calls. And we our training calls on Saturday mornings, and I wouldn't show up. But what I did do is I downloaded them. And this is way before MP3. I didn't even have an iPod at that time. I, would t- I burned them onto a CD, right? And I was visiting my parents in December 2003, for Christmas vacation. My parents still live in New York. I remember, I was I borrowed the car, hanging out with my friends, driving back like in, in late at night, pulling up to the driveway. And I was listening to this training. This, this is from a six-figure earner. Um, he was a Ruby director. He's like, oh, you know, this is awesome business. I, you know, I have financial freedom. I can to spend time with my kids. I was like, okay, I'm tired of listening to that. And then he said, well, if you're doing this business on a Monday and then take Tuesday off, Wednesday off, and do it on a Thursday, and then the Friday, Saturdays is a weekend. You take time off. And then Sunday, you feel guilty. You hate your job. You want to do it again. You start building the business again. So you're not going to make it. The only way you're going to make it if you do this every single day, six, seven days a week at a consistent time. And I remember it was a cold winter night. Yeah, I still even remember. You know, this is crazy. Sometimes you flashback. It was like a full moon. I don't know if that meant anything. Full moon, cold in Long Island. In the driveway, it was dark. I stopped there. And I, re, I hit the rewind button on the CD player five or six times to listen to that over and over again. I was like, wow, I feel like he was talking directly at me because that was exactly what I was doing. I was treating the business like a hobby. Mm. So maybe I'm competitive. I got so angry. I researched. I mean, I spent three months researching this business. It works. Right? Robert Kiyosaki talks about it, but I wasn't making money. The problem is not the company. The problem is not the business. It's not the industry. It's myself because I was pathetic. I'm like, I'm like a loser. Like, doing a Monday, take a couple of days off. So I was like, forget that. I'm a winner. I'm successful. You know, I have my vision, my vision board and stuff. The reason I don't have the success is I'm not doing it every day. I need that consistency. So my New Year's resolution back in 04 was to do it every day. And I couldn't even wait. I told you, I was so angry. Bob, I didn't even wait to 2004. I started December 28th. I just got some, you know, I, had, I at that time I was doing all types of um, contacts. I just said, I'm going to buy leads. I'm going to talk to my Walmart and I'll buy leads. And I'm going to talk to five people a day. Because that's what I meant. Five people a day. And I remember the first time I started, I was, this is a funny story. I was in my parents' place. I would, they had a den. I would go to the den and make the phone calls. And then I had my contacts on my computer. And then 
I make one or two calls and run back out in the kitchen because the Wi-Fi wasn't that good. It wouldn't reach out to the den, look up a name, copy on a piece of paper, go back and make a couple phone calls. <laughs> and my mom's like, what the heck are you doing? I was like, and I was so embarrassed because I was so bad at prospecting. I was like, mom, don't worry about it. I'm just, okay, don't leave. I'm all right. Because I was so embarrassed, I didn't want to tell my, tell my mom I was in network marketing. And I also closed the door to make sure she did not hear how pathetic I sounded. Okay? <laughs> but I'll tell you, I kept on going. 42 people later, I made it. I got my first sign up. Wow. And here's the lesson is, the lesson is like, I didn't get lucky on the 42nd person. And, and I also didn't go from zero to hero in 42 calls. And, I, and one thing I teach you, you got to track your numbers. It's like any sports, you track numbers. Basketball, you track your shots. In baseball, you track your at-bats, you track your stuff. You have to track how many people you talk to because sometimes it feels like you're talking to a lot of people, but actually you're not. Or sometimes you feel like, oh, no one's ever going to join. But I'll tell you, like, I was very close in scanning people up when I was talking to 30-something. Like at 31, 32, I was very, very close to signing up. But at that time, I couldn't close. I didn't have the confidence and posture to close. So I had read you know, Robert Allen's book, uh, Multiple Streams of Income, where I found out that we're walking. He said, out of 100 random people, any 100 people random on the street, if you prospect them, I'll use one person to join. So I said, well, 100 people, I want to keep see how good I am, how close I am to the 100 people. And by the 30-something, I was very close. I, I didn't get the signups. I was very disappointed. But I said, hey, I'm going to keep going. If I can't get one person out of 100, then okay, there's something's wrong. But let's keep going. And by the 42nd person, I got my first sign up. So you got to track your numbers because it shows you your progress. It also gives you hope. So I know every time someone said no, I'm, I was close to that 100 number. I was closer to that sign up. Mm. Well, here's what I love about what you said is, you know, and, and I've talked about this all the time is, the key to success in this industry is really just consistency, you know, and that that's the key in anything that you do. But I love how you kind of put it where and I'll steal the you know, I'll use the baseball analogy here. And by the way, I, I won't hold it against you that you're a Yankees fan. So we'll, we'll, be, able to, <laughs> we'll be able to move past that. As a Phillies fan, I have a little bit of an issue with the Yankees, but that's OK. Because we remember we remember what happened. Right? I know. Hey, listen, <laughs> yeah, I don't have anywhere to talk, but that's okay. But but here's what I love is you know I think a lot of people when they get into the to the industry they they have this perception like it's about hitting a grand slam. You know they're at the plate and they're swinging out of their shoes and and they're waiting to hit that home run. And what they're losing sight of is like you said, it's just showing up for work every day and doing the little things. And in my experience, I found that. You reach the top levels in, in whatever company you're in by just hitting a bunch of singles. It's just a little bit every day, chipping away, doing just doing the income-producing activities. And I just love that analogy of and, – and you're a perfect example of somebody that came to the realization that it was the lack of consistency that was keeping you from where you wanted to be. Yeah, I think um, it goes back to the culture, especially American culture. Like we glorify the results. Like there's a grand slam, the big win, the touchdown. But – yeah, I think a lot of distributors, and this is what it teaches, like most people they go for to look for results, right? I was like, don't look for the results. Instead, look for the activity. Like if you are, I don't care if you don't sign up anyone in the last week, but how many people did you talk to? Right? If you talk to 30 people and you didn't sign up anyone, I'm happy. It's better than you talk to one person got someone signed up, right? Because as long as you keep doing the activity, you sooner or later gonna get really good very quickly. It's like riding a bike, it's like anything in life, riding swimming, riding a bike. So if you're going to look, look at your past week, how many new people did you talk to? How many follow-ups? And I have this thing called 553. Five, you approach five people a day. Uh, you follow up five people a day. So, these are your, so, so the first one is you approach and you present, invite them, right? five new people. And I don't care if they all say no. Okay? You want to 
approach five. And why? Because if you do it for 20 straight days, you talk to 100 people, you definitely get one sign up. Okay, five a day. Second five are five follow-ups. Now, if you've never done this before, today you've never prospected, you and you haven't prospected hard, you probably don't have five people you can pr- follow up with. But if you do the first five, inviting and approaching, within a week you'll be so busy with five follow-ups. And the third thing is present the plan. Have someone watch a video, have someone attend a presentation, a one-on-one, or a home meeting, a home or hotel meeting, three people a day. Now, three mistakes, I gotta do three presentations a day. Yes, you do. Now, that doesn't mean, that's actually not as hard as you think because we have webinars, right? We have, you can send online video where you can watch a presentation. The three is three people are watching, seeing the plan, seeing the business. So if you do that five, five, three, I guarantee you, you probably, you may not get results the first one or two or three weeks, right? But track the activity. I don't care about the results. I just want the activity. If you can do that five, five, three for three weeks, by the fourth week, I'm telling you, you are going to get signups or customers coming out of your years. It will just come out because that pipeline is built. And I think that's the big thing. People, oh, I, I prospected for three days. I didn't get any signups. I don't care. Track the activity. You have consistent activity will eventually give you consistent positive results. Awesome. I love it. So let, Simon, let me ask you this. I want to shift gears here a little bit because, you know, my, my podcast and my listeners, you know, they're, they're very much wanting to learn, you know, how to become better network marketers. But a lot of my listeners are already successful in the business and in the industry. And they have a desire at some point in their career to start to really focus on building a personal brand for themselves. And, you know, one of the things that I talk about all the time that I see happen so much in the industry and how network marketers have a tendency to really become infomercials for their own company where all they're doing is just promoting their company's products, services, and opportunities. And they lose sight of the fact that people join people. They don't join companies. And I try to educate people on the power of building a personal brand. And you are one of the people in the industry that has done one of the best jobs that I've seen. I mean, you have a, uh, you know, you're very well known for your generic network marketing training that you do. You have a extremely popular, uh, popular training blog. You have the number one MLM network marketing podcast in the world. So by anyone's measure, you've, you've done a, a lot in that area. Was, I'm curious, was, was there something that happened or what, made you decide to move in that direction where you started to actually brand Simon Chan? That's an excellent story. And, uh, and I'm going to share a story I have not shared. Uh, not many people know this before. Okay? I actually wasn't even planning to share this, but you brought up a, that's an excellent question about how I started personal branding. So when I first started, Bob, I was just like every, I listened to the companies. And I'm, I'm not saying the companies are wrong, but the companies will tell you to promote them, send links out there about the co- products and stuff. No, 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 don't do that. You become like what Bob said, you're infomercial, right? It's, and people are buying you, right? When people see you posting stuff over your company, you become a salesperson. There's instant resistance, right? There's like, um, like, you know, Ray Higdon talked about in your show, Bob, like, People, you want to create curiosity and decrease resistance. Not if you see people posting, they think you're a salesperson. They don't want to do that, right? A lot of people are very sensitive of what they post on post on their Facebook wall. So don't be a commercial. So, and and I'm gonna be very controversial here. A lot of people who do uh, online marketing, social media marketing for MLM companies, and and some of these people I know, you know, but 
They have no clue how online marketing works. Okay, they market from a corporate side. If they're really, really good, they'll be making way more money being an online marketer themselves. Right? And that's the fact. So the advice they give is not necessarily good advice. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Why you need to brand yourself. And I'm going to share a perfect example of what happened to me. And this is a story, like I said, I've never shared, uh, never, definitely never publicly. We've only a couple of high-profile coaching clients, but never publicly. But anyway, I, I've always been into online. I've been doing online marketing since 2004. Like basically February 2004, I learned to generate my own leads. And this is way back in the Google pay-per-click way days. Um, it's kind of, actually, it was like, yeah, it was actually so funny because I think about some of you may not even remember. They had Microsoft front page. I actually bought a Microsoft front page <laughs> for dummies book. Learn how to build my own websites. And believe it or not, that's actually and now you know on the MLM Nation. One of the questions, one was your proudest moments. One of my most proudest moments, first proudest moments, was when I got my own lead. I was doing online marketing, pay per click, generating my own lead. And what I did was. Uh, we had a very famous person in our company, and I'll use his name. Now, if I mention his name, I'm going to mention his name here, but he was very well-known, okay, and he was part of the company. So we would basically leverage, leverage off of him, right? So in Google, pay-per-click, we did all type of advertising, not just pay-per-click, but, uh, but display advertising. And he, he was always in the media. So when people see the news, they knew the name, they would click on that ad and go to our websites, right? And then we say, you know, we partner with them because – Technically, he was. He was kind of like an upline. He was associated with the company. And we grew up businesses like that. It was awesome. And then later on, I actually got to have the privilege to be mentored one-on-one by this guy. Like This guy is very well-known. He's uh, a multimillionaire. He's a mentor to a lot of millionaires. And he's also had multiple businesses, too. He actually, I went to his house. He'd come to my place to mentor with me. And we'll build. And so everything was great. But then one thing happened. You know, life changes. Things happen. He had another uh, opportunity, and uh, to make a long story short, and I totally respect for him. He made the right decision. He left this, uh, our company for a different opportunity, right? And once he left that, it was like, wow, you know, like uh, uh, what's uh, – so, so I was doing online marketing, and I was building a following, but it still wasn't the Simon Chan show. It was like Simon Chan with, with this other person, Simon Chan with our company, right? And I was like, wow, once he left, I was like, I'm left with nothing now. Like, will people even follow me now? Because, you know, the whole time I'm promoting him. But now, like, I'm promoting him. He's going to another company. Then what happened to my followers? They're going to leave him and go follow him? I'm like, no, I, I basically set myself for failure, right? And then I thought, think about, you know, I love my company, but what happens if something happens to my company? What happens if my company has bad man? I mean, nothing is perfect, right? Only God's perfect. Maybe the executives do something crazy. And then my company, then what's, that's going to damage my name. So I was like, gosh, like I got to do something for myself because you cannot control what other people do. You cannot control what the company does. Uh, and as great as the companies are, executives, sometimes you have to make tough business decisions. You cannot control that. The only thing you can control is your personal brand. I was like, I got to go stand out here, right? I got to brand myself. So that was really the wake up call for me. It's like, I got to do something. And then also, like, I, I always consider myself not like a real, like a, like a network marketing leader. There's some people who love to do network marketing as leaders. And I really respect that. I live 30 years. It's still building, building. I see myself, I'm always like a, what I call a, an entrepreneur who happened to touch on network marketing, but I have other interests as well. I have a network marketing business. Now I've created ML Nation and maybe, and I'm going to keep them running and maybe 5, 10, 20 years from now, you know, I'll maybe do something else. So I don't want my name just to be tied to network marketing. I may have flexibility. I may do coaching. I might be doing marketing for small businesses, right? I, I may do charity work. I, one of my goals and dreams is to start something uh, like a 
school for kids, but teaching them business skills. Because like schools right now, they're probing, programming our kids to be employees, not entrepreneurs. One of my visions is start a private, or it could be a nonprofit or private, I don't know what it is, start a school teaching kids, right? business skills, and especially having a scholarship program for inner city kids, like people from Compton or bad neighborhoods, were basically doomed for failure, right? To give them a scholarship, to go there, teach entrepreneur skills so they can make some money and build something for themselves. That's my, these are all the things I have interest in doing, but if I tie my name to a company, that would never happen. I want to make, I want to brand myself and it's very similar. You look at Magic Johnson or this different, you know, Magic Johnson with a basketball player, but he never tied himself, I'm the Lakers. He types out Magic. So later on, even after he had HIV and he had all these other things going on, like he went to movie theaters. He did, you know, I think a partnership with Starbucks, all these different things in the community, his flexibility. So that's the thing, you know, when you are branding your company, what happens is uh, people go and look at, oh, you're doing supplements. Oh, vitamins are so boring. I don't want to do that. But hey, that's not what Simon Chan is about. I don't want people prejudging me because of they don't like supplements, right? I could help them in other ways. And also, if people, even if people are interested, they go to the website. What's, how many, I mean, Bob, how, how much time do people spend on a website normally? Mm, not a lot. 20 seconds, maybe? Yeah. Yep. Maybe 30 seconds. Maybe you click on a video, it's less than one minute. They click off, right? Will you get to know what this, your business is about in 20 to 30 seconds? Never, right? You want to creak. I want the whole thing is, it's not like in, we talk about baseball. I want to be at bat. If I'm on the bench, I can't make a difference in the game. But if I'm at a bat, I can win the game. I can get a hit. I can contribute. But as long as I'm sitting on a bench, I can't do anything. So if there's a prospect and I don't talk to them, I'm just like sitting on a bench. But if I get to talk to them, present to them, hey, then I'm in the game. If they don't join, whatever, it could be something I said, but at least I have control of that. So I want to bring everyone to contact me. Like on, and then I'm not even talking about texting, but on the phone. On the phone or Skype, face-to-face, we're talking, presenting to the person. So I never wanted people just to click on the link and then prejudge, oh, that's what Simon's doing, this stuff. No, I want to talk to them. So that, I can go on and on about this, but it's so important for people to brand, start branding yourself with people by you. Remember, they're not buying the company. And I'll give you the last example I'll share before I give it back to Bob is, you know, imagine you have like a homeless bum who's an alcoholic, you reeks of alcohol, knocks on your door and sells Girl Scout cookies. Will you buy from this person? Chances are you won't even open the door. But if a bunch of cute girls, they're dressed in uniform, they go sell the cookies, most likely you open your wallet and buy some cookies from that person. Right? It's the same thing. If you, people are buying you, you're buying, you're, just like you're buying the Girl Scout cookies, you're buying those girls. You're not buying from the bum. So your company can be the greatest, but if you don't market yourself well, then I'll join the company. I'm just not going to join you. I'll go find a research and other, other people and join another distributor. That's why it's so important to be really conscious and aware of the pers- your personal brand that you're putting out there. Got it. Now, now if, the, if the bum was dressed in a Girl Scout outfit, I might buy just out of humor for him and give him some credit. Oh, well, yeah. For his, <laughs> yes, for his creativity, yes. He deserves, you gotta give him some, he deserves a cell for creativity. You've got to give him some points for creativity. Yes. <laughs> Talking about getting out of your comfort zone, right? <laughs> Definitely. So well, I'm curious. Let me ask you this. So when you, when you first started to build your brand, Simon Chan, how did you first monetize that? What was, what was the first thing you did that you started to sell that allowed you to make money outside of your network marketing company. Okay, um, let me go uh, back a little bit for how my blog and my website actually started, right? So I had before all these landing page websites to get leads, but I never marketed myself. And But what I did, and this is a, talk about networking, prospecting, 
building your contact list. This is a very helpful tip. Uh, what I used to do, how my blog started, was I would um, email friends about what they're doing. So this is when I was, you know, uh, my relationship with my girlfriend, we're getting engaged. People like to hear like personal stuff, like what, what are you doing in LA? Well, you're playing ball, which parties you're going to, what you, what's going on, where you're traveling. So my blog actually started out way before the blog was like an email, or what called easy. I don't know if you remember, remember those days, easy, like an email newsletter, basically like a diary of like what I'm doing. And what I would do is I never really, very rarely talk business, but 70, 60 to 70% all personal stuff. Oh, how's your relationship with your girlfriend? Or when are you going to get engaged? Or I'll talk all, all these things. What did my, where do we go? You know, what I hang up? All these type of personal stuff I'll share. And then 20% was like providing value. 20, 25% value. Maybe because I was doing a lot of personal development. I was doing personal development. I'll share things I learned. So, so the number one, the personal stuff got people wanting to read the email. Because, hey, what's Simon up to? Or how do you know his girlfriend? Did he, are they going to break up? Are they going to get engaged? People are interested in th- knowing those type of things. Where does Simon go now? How's Malaysia? How's the travel? That gets them to open and read it. And it also builds a following. It gets people to like you. So I sent this email to all every contact I ever had in my database, if, including my basketball friends, all my friends. I don't care if they deleted it. I don't care if they complained. I, don't, I just sent it out, right? So, and this was, now it's a little hot, tougher because it's bulky, man, but that's how it started. I, and this is way before Facebook. Okay? I sent that out. And then 20%, uh, I'll provide value. And be like, how does Simon learn all this stuff? Again, creating curiosity. And then 10%, I'll maybe talk about, oh, I'm involved in this business. I'm learning a lot. Uh, you know, life as an entrepreneur has been great. And it's been really exciting. I'm looking for potential partners. And that's it. I'll never mention the company game, nothing. And then eventually, people, again, I don't, 90% of them may not have read it or I don't know, but some people start reading and following. And I've got to be able to connect. I'm not only the sponsor, but I really connect with a lot of people. And eventually, later on, uh, because the email wasn't delivered, I created a blog. Okay, so that's how my personal website started. Hmm. Now, for the longest time, um, so that's the tip. When you blog, people want to read personal stuff. Yeah, they don't want to read just business, business. Uh, in a lot of my blog, the most popular ones for my following, uh, they know this about personal stuff. So, for example, most of my followers, they all know my dog is Obi, and he's not a poodle. He's a Bichon Frise. By the way, so don't ever come up to me and ask me he's a poodle. <laughs> I said that. And this is actually a website. I am not a poodle.com, right? And they, they all know he's like my oldest son, my first son. They know that because I intentionally put that stuff out there because people like to read that. You know, we make fun. Oh, people like to read like cute cats on YouTube. But people like to read about pets, especially if you have a cute, fluffy white dog. You know, they like that type of stuff. So I put that stuff out there. That gets people to read it, follow it. And then indirectly, I'll teach them stuff. And they become curious of what I do. And then I'll bring them into business. So, um, I did that for a couple years, branding. How I start monetizing it is, you know, and this is, you really start having to monetize because the advertising started getting more and more expensive. So if you're listening to this, you want to be online marketing, you have some knowledge that is valuable that people want to know. And I think the number one, so create a report. Create some report, a training, you could sell it. It doesn't need to be $100, it could be $7, $5, $3, $15, whatever price point it is, but offer that. Right, and if hundred people go to your website, maybe ninety-five don't do anything, but maybe one person buys it, and that helps pays for your advertising, and that helps pay for your advertising. And uh, and I think a big, and I still remember, you know, like just like remember my first lead again. The name of the guy, the first lead was Michael Lee in Houston, Texas. And I, I'll tell you, it's so funny, Bob. That time I spent a hundred. I had no idea what I was doing. This is back in the two thousand four front page days. I spent a hundred dollars to get the lead. I called him, and he's like, oh, "I'm not interested anymore." He hung up. 
I was like, wow, that was a hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, but I kept going, right? You have a long-term vision. I say, like, I'm not going to quit here. I'm like, I was like, screw you, man. I'm going to prove that I can do this. I'm not going to let you like that rude hang up on me like that to discourage me. So um, that was my first. And then when I sold, uh, I did my first webinar and I sold it. And I still remember that. It was like a $15 webinar. I still remember the guy's name, Paul. It was back a couple of years ago. That felt really good. It's like, hey, I can do this. And I think the thing that prevents a lot of people and prevented me from starting even earlier was we feel that we're not qualified. Like, oh, but uh, I'm not good enough. I'm not the lead. I'm not earning enough. I'm not the, you know what? You don't need to be the top earner to be, to, to, to be qualified to do coaching and selling training and stuff, right? You don't need to because you all know something that can help someone. And so why should, you, why should people pay for that? The reason why people pay for that is not just because you can make money, because you can help others as well. Because we all know when things are free, do people take it for granted? Do, do people value things that are free? They don't. Like, you could take the exact same training, just the exact same training. One sells for $10, the other one sells for free. Now, I'll tell you, the one for free, more people will download it, but no one's going to read it. The one for $10, less people will buy it, but people actually read it. And you have, a, you know, you're listening to the show. You're motivated, driven already. You have something valuable the world needs to know. So if you have a free report but no one reads it, you basically haven't done any contribution to the world. But if you create a book, it's $10. Even if two people read it, you made that two people's life better. And mm-hmm. that's assuming you have a good product. And I think if you have those ambitions, you're going to have to put out something good. So you all have something good. Don't say, oh, I'm not there yet. Just put it out there and see. You all have... And, you know, like the stuff, especially in network marketing, you learn so much there that the 95% of the world don't know about, like the positive mindset. And you just look at the media, what people read. So you all have something out there that you can provide value. And remember, if it's free, no one values it. And that was, so that was the big hurdle for me. It's like, oh, am I qualified to charge people for this? They're like, yes. You know, because $10, $20, because I spent like, you know, 50 grand. I spent 50 grand a year on personal development to learn to be able to teach this type of stuff. So people should pay for it. And when they pay for it, they're actually going to use it. Because we all know too, right? When people don't uh, pay for things, they don't use it. And uh, uh, last thing is, also, if you're listening to this and you built a successful business already, you've all done trainings before, and let's be honest, where you kind of winged it, right? Like Bob, I mean, you've done a lot of trainings before and sometimes you may be burnt out, tired. Have you ever done a training where you didn't give you 100% best? Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's honest. And you're a leader. You know, I respect your integrity by admitting that. And I've done many of those where I'm burnt out. Oh, I'll just get, I'll just get this training over with. That type of attitude. So if you're doing something for free, I used to do that all the time. Like, I'm tired. Okay, I'll just get this done. But I'll tell you, if people are paying for it, you're not going to have that attitude. So by making people buy a product on your website, not only will they benefit, but you're gonna go out. You're gonna give your best to make that product, and in the end, you get better because you're teaching better, pro- provide a better product, and the whole community benefits because the better training is out there. Mm. Yeah, and I, I I couldn't agree more. I, I talk. I was just talking about this the other day that I think one of the things that keeps people from really putting themselves out there, like you know, I always try to teach people. Listen, if you want to start to personally brand yourself, the easiest way to do that is just start creating videos on Facebook. Just generic, valuable content, educates, it inspires, you know, it entertains people. But I think one of the things that keeps people from doing that is this hang up, and you just said it, that they don't feel like they have any value to offer people. And, you know, the one thing that I've learned is when 
becoming an expert is really not nearly as hard as most people think because the average person has doesn't have the first clue about building a business or being an entrepreneur. So if all you do is just know a little bit more than they do and you find a way to go out and share that with people and you do that consistently, people are going to keep coming back to you because let's face it, people are lazy. They don't want to read the book. They don't want to watch the video. They want people to give it to them in easy, digestible, bite-sized you know, snippets. And if you're just willing to just step out and just start to share what you're learning – it, it really miracles happen. Yeah, there's a couple of things. Uh, I think number one is the way we're programmed, right? Program like from school, like you don't go to third grade until you finish first and second grade, right? You don't go to fourth grade until you finish third grade. Um, you don't go to high school until you finish junior high. But I tell you, in business, it does not work that way, right? You can come out of nowhere. And you can see like uh, Donald Trump, he didn't have any political experience. He just came out of nowhere, Right. And Obama was the same thing. Like you had a lot of people who were like in you know, African-American politicians that Jesse Jackson, they're paying their dues over the years, slowly climbing that political ladder in Washington, D.C., trying to get the presidency. Obama, if you don't know, 10 years ago, no one knew who the heck he was. He was basically the least experienced and you know, least experienced. And some people can say his policies. He has no clue about being a president. But the point is he won the number, the most powerful position in the entire world, right? Arguably the president with very little quote unquote experience. But he was marketing himself really well. And the thing is, it all goes back to confidence. And knowing that you don't need to go step by step by step. You can jump. You can skip. Uh, if As long as you can get it done. You're confident and you can get it done. And I'll share something. Hey, uh, there's also a big mistake. Thinking I have to go ladder by ladder. You, have a, you know more than the average person in the world already. You, if you're in network marketing, you know about financial freedom. You know passive income. Most people on the street don't even know what passive income is. right? So you have something you can share. And I'll give an example to you. Right? In my company, right, I'm not building stuff. When I was building, I was one of the top earners, but I was not a top 10 income earner. Now, there was one year I was the number one distributor, fastest growth, right? But I was not the number uh, overall in the history of the company, top earners. I'm not even in the top 10. But I came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, everyone knew about me because of through my training. Now, I didn't say, oh, let me wait to be the number one earner um, for five years in a row, or number one just for one year until, so I'm qualified so I can teach people. See, the world doesn't work that way. I just came out at nowhere, and boom, I got my block on the top spot. Same thing with podcasts. I've never even done a radio show before. Hey, I just say, I'm going to do it. I don't need to pay my dues. See, that's the paying my dues. That's another, like, work mentality, employee mentality. I got to slowly climb, pay my dues, you know, climb the corporate ladder and get to the top spot. And business doesn't work that way. You see, all these, you know, top leaders out here, especially online marketers, they came out of nowhere, and boom, right up there, the top spot. You know, so... Get that, get that thing out of, I'm not good enough, I'm not qualified enough. Just seize the opportunity and make it happen. The business rewards people who make it happen. They don't reward people who climb the steps. right? And I just gave you an example, Obama. He didn't climb the steps. He came out of nowhere, became the president of the U.S. Third thing is, uh, and this is something that, uh, that I believe in, I believe I'm one of the greatest MLM trainers, one of the greatest, I'm not saying the greatest, one of the greatest trainers ever lived. Okay? And I'm not here to brag, but I believe that. Now, some people say, well, you weren't a top earner, number one earner. Well, there's a big difference. I didn't say I'm a top earner. So for you, maybe you're not the top number one position right now, but you don't need to be. Because let me ask you, like, Bob, who is the greatest, who is the greatest NBA player of all time, arguably? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Most people say Michael Jordan, right? Who is the, arguably one of the greatest coaches of all time? Uh, Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson, right? 
in football, you may you may see um, you may see uh, Belichick, right? Yep. Was Phil Jackson a Hall of Fame player? No. No. Pat Riley was also a very famous coach, right? Was yep. Pat Riley a Hall of Fame player? Nope. So there you go. So for you to coach and train, has nothing to do with you being having to be one of the greatest to do the business. It's a big, big difference between coaching and training and actually doing it. Now, I'm not saying that you you never built a business before, because like Phil Jackson, Pat Riley, they're all good. They were good NBA players, but they're not the greatest. But they had a very special talent in teaching, right? So don't get held up. Oh, I gotta reach to the top before I teach. If you're a good teacher, a good motivator, you can go right away. This business and the world rewards people who take action. They seize it, seize the opportunity, take action, and make it happen. Mm, I love that analogy. That's great. So, so we're kind of winding down here now, Simon. So I, I've got I've got one more question that I, I really want to ask you. And I know that we've we've talked about a lot of this, and you've constantly been hitting on these points. And I mean, I'm I'm excited for my audience to hear this because there's been so much value in this uh, in this interview. But my question would be this: So you you have the number one MLM network marketing podcast in the world. You started it completely from scratch. You know, built it up. Uh, and you know, to your credit, you know you're successful because you've been consistent with doing that, just like you've done everything else. But you know, for the people that haven't had an opportunity to listen to your podcast, it's called MLM Nation. And on your podcast, you interview some of the most successful network marketers from all over the world, different backgrounds and different companies. I'm just curious. I would imagine that do you do you see some common characteristics or are there, you know, two or three things that you see that are common in a lot of these people that um, you've probably mentioned most of them. But is there anything else you would want to maybe share to, to my listener that, you know, that you see as common in these successful people in the industry? Oh, yes. There's tons and tons. Um, I could write like a whole book about it. Um, I think the number one that when I first started doing it, um, and going back a year back when I started doing ML Nation, getting ready for the launch, was that all of these leaders have great communication skills, like great people skills. Right? If you want to go in network marketing, that means, I mean, I talk to them. Some of them I'm friends with, some of referrals. But every time we talk, including you, Bob, like we feel like we're best friends. Right? Yep. Yep. So that is their focus on you and not on them. They're never selling. They always, you know, there's a saying, there's a smile. You can hear a smile. I can tell they're smiling, grinning. And I can tell they're not slouched in the couch, right, talking to a person, have a TV on. They have good posture. They're positive, And they just make you feel good by focusing the attention. They always, you can hear the smile in their voice, the energy, the confidence. Um, that's number one. I always feel like, you know, like from one call, I'm like best friends with them, right? Uh, and which, by the way, doesn't happen. I talked to a lot, a lot of other people, a lot of MLM distributors, a lot of people not in MLM. They're just like, oh, is that person even excited about life, right? All these people are very excited about life. They put attention. There's an instant bond and connection. And, it's, and this could be simple as, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? It's so good to talk to you. I'm so excited for this. Just like that. Like when they greet you, the initial words, it's kind of like a, what I say, the long lost friend. Like, Bob, hey, like we haven't seen each other in high school, been, you know, 10 years, 15 years. Hey, how's it going? How you doing? What's going on? Like having that type of attitude and say, hey, how's it going? How you doing? Like very, very casual, informal to make you feel good. Like, like a long lost friend you haven't connected in years. Now, I'll say that's number one. Number two is um, it just, you know, it's all mindset, right? It's all mindset where it, 
it doesn't matter what you go through or the negatives you go through. And there's no really no such thing as negatives because everything is a positive because you learn from those experiences, right? And you just make it happen. You do. There's a lot of things that you don't like to do, right? It doesn't matter. You do them. Successful people do them anyway because it makes you stronger. Um, and the the third thing I would say, Bob, would be the commitment to self development. It's like uh, everyone's like that, you know. People, I've I've always been really into self development, personal development. But the more people, you know, the more people invest, you know, the more they earn. And I, you know, when I first started, I remember I bought my first book. Uh, it was this, this uh, selling one hundred and one by Zig Ziglar. It was like eight ninety seven or something like Amazon. And the only reason I bought that self selling book because I didn't, I couldn't prospect anymore because it was the cheapest book, right? But <laughs> but I was like eight ninety seven. Oh my goodness! I I just think like. You know, 10 times clicking and reading the Amazon reviews to do that. And I'm like, wait a second. I order entree at a restaurant, order like a drink. I don't even think twice I spend like $20, $25, right? Without even thinking twice, I spend like a $20 lunch. But here on the book that's actually going to grow my life, I'm reading the reviews. Oh, should I buy this one or buy that one? So nowadays, what, I just buy them all. If I can learn one thing from a book, then it's worth it. So I guess I can go on and on. But those are the three main things, the communication skills, the persistence, and the mindset. And they're just like, there's nothing bad. Everything is good. Mm. And everything that happens is the thing that helps you take you to the next level. And if nothing bad happens, then you can never grow. Because we are humans, we're conditioned to, for comfort, right? Back in the caveman days, our DNA, you know, we like to sleep in the hammock, right? The only time we actually got to do anything was if someone's trying to steal our woman or the tiger came coming or we were hungry. We need motivation. So it's like, uh, so we don't change. The only way to change and get better is through the tough times. That's when we grow the most. Mm, very powerful. Wow. That's awesome, man. So, hey, before we kind of wrap this up here, why don't you let, and I know we've talked about uh, a couple of these things here, but why don't you let all my listeners know where, where can they find you? Do you have anything you want to promote? Where's the best place for them to uh, tune in to Simon Chan? Yeah, you can go to MLM, MLMNation.net. That's where you can find me. Or you can go to Facebook, MLM Nation, or you can go to Simon Chan on Facebook. Those are the best ways to find me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, Simon, listen, man, I really appreciate you taking some time. I know we're, we're the day before Thanksgiving here and you told me you got all kinds of family running around the house. So I appreciate you taking some time to, you know, share your story with my listeners. And, uh, you know, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal interview. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, I just want to end with this. You know, uh, I love network marketing because the reason why, because I found it, it was I found it was like God's purpose for me in my life. I read Purpose Driven Life was to have a positive impact as many lives as possible. And that's why when I was looking at the businesses, different things, I felt like network marketing was it. And why did I do coaching and training? I felt that not, you know, when I built my business, I was helping people in my downline. And now, then I'm helping people in my t- uh, company. Now, with MLM Nation, different things, I can help people in the entire MLM community. And I love network marketing because I have three big beliefs. Number one, it helps us discover our unlimited potential unleash our unlimited potential because I used to be believe it or not I used to be a very shy quiet kid in college I'll never participate in these classes get a BB minus I just didn't care shy quiet kids spoke funny have a Chinese accent speak with a list I was so self-conscious but network marketing forced a lot of things out of me that I never thought was possible uh, number two network marketing allows us to be better givers giving back just like the way you Bob you're giving back this podcast it's free you're giving back to the community right you're giving back and network marketing allows us to do that and number three so giving back could be not just your money, but giving back your time and your expertise. So getting back to what we talked about, if you know something that the world benefits, you need to give back, right? Create your online marketing, brand yourself, give back. And number three is for those who have kids, 
The network marketing allows us to be better parents because we're growing, we're always leading by example, and where's the most important place to lead is at home. I think back, if I had my kids before I had network marketing, gosh, I'm like, they'll be watching TV, having all these bad habits, but network marketing changed me as a different person, and now I can leave a better example and provide my children with a much more positive and better environment and set them up for success than I did. Mm. So that's who I have. I love network marketing. I'm loud and proud to be a network marketer, and uh, yeah, thank you, Bob, for everything you do. You know. Network Mark is about helping others, and you'll definitely do that with the show. So thank you so much for having me. You got it, brother. All right, Simon. Thanks a lot, man, and uh, we'll talk real soon. Well, that was it, guys. Unbelievable interview. I hope that you got as much value out of that as I did. So once again, make sure you check out Simon on MLM Nation. It is definitely one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to. And then just a reminder, if we haven't connected yet, make sure you text your virtual upline to the number 44 222, and this way you'll stay up to date anytime that I have anything, training, videos, podcasts, whatever. So thanks for joining us today, and uh, I'll see you real soon on the next episode. Take care, guys. 